say amen, clap your hands, praise God. That's not a false advertisement. That's the truth. Everywhere I've turned all week, everywhere I've turned, I've seen these advertisements for gambling. And I'm about half mad. I'm not going to preach about that tonight, but boy, could I ever offer anybody $365. They'll give you $365 to get you started. Call them when you're in jail and see if they'll pay you bail money. Call the Republican leadership in Kentucky and ask them if they'll help you out. Psalm 34 is a much kinder psalm than I feel in my heart tonight. Psalm number 34, if you'll open your Bibles. But I was listening as they sang and I said, thank goodness it's not another false advertisement. It's the truth. He'll never fail you. He's a wonderful God. He's a wonderful God. Verse number three is my text verse tonight. And it says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I want to preach tonight on the subject, Let us magnify the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the message and the preaching tonight. Lord, thank you for just the privilege of being in the church, the church that you founded. This is what you did when you were here on earth. You came to seek and save the lost. You organized the church that we could have a place to come out of the world and to assemble together. Lord, to sit under the teaching and the preaching of your word and to have fellowship one with another in your truth. And I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word tonight. I pray that we would learn what it means to magnify the Lord and let us not just hear to know, but let us hear to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As you read through the Word of God, you find many instructions of things to do. For example, the Bible says, let us praise the Lord. And it says that many times. In fact, that phrase, let us, uh, let us, uh, the, the, the phrase, praise ye the Lord, just that phrase is found 24 times in the Bible. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, he tells us in Psalm 111, it's about praising the Lord. Psalm 112, Psalm 113, Psalm 116, Psalm 117, Psalm 135, again and again and again without doubt. We are instructed to praise the Lord. In addition uh, to praising the Lord, we're, found, uh, we're given the instruction to bring glory to the Lord. I preached a couple of sermons about that. The Bible says in Psalm 96 and verse number 8, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. To show the glory of the Lord or to glorify the Lord means to let God be seen in our lives. Our responses are like him. Our behavior, our conversation, our deeds, our kindness, the work that we do. Uh, it glorifies God when they see God in us, when we get out of the way and God is seen uh, in our lives. We're told to talk about the Lord. We're told to talk about Him. Uh, we're told to talk about Him at home. We're told to talk about the Lord in the morning. Talk about the Lord in the evening. Talk about the uh, Lord in the public places and in the private places. The Bible talks about talking about the Lord. First Chronicles 16, 9, it says, Sing unto Him, sing songs unto Him, Talk ye of all his wondrous works. We're supposed to come together and say God's good. We're supposed to come together and say God took care of me this week. We're supposed to come together and say let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you how God answered my prayers. We're supposed to talk about the Lord. We talk about a lot of things. Make sure one of the subjects that you talk about at home 
Make sure one of the subjects you talk about at school and you talk about among your friends and work, make sure you talk about the Lord. In fact, Psalm number 78, God told the children of Israel, he said, I want you to talk about God. I want you to talk about me. I want you to talk about my miracles so much that your children will set their hope in God. Are you listening to me? That they would set their hope in God. Uh, hope is a great word. I'll not preach on that, but we're supposed to talk about God. Uh, I like that song. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of Kings is He. We ought to talk about Him. Talk about Him in the dorm room. Talk about Him at work. Talk about Him. Now, you don't want to hear the dirty jokes, then you, you lead the way. Let's talk about Jesus. We're supposed to talk about Him. We're supposed to sing about the Lord. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 9 and verse number 11, Sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion, declare among the people His doings. I love to sing to the Lord. I love to sing about the Lord. We're to sing to the Lord. It's a blessing to come to church and to watch and hear you sing to the Lord. It doesn't talk about our talent or ability. It just says sing. just says sing to the Lord. Then the Bible tells us to give to the Lord. Psalm 29, verse number 1, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength throughout the Bible. Uh, we're, taught, we're taught and we are told to give to the Lord. Uh, we just gave our offering a few minutes ago. We gave our tithe and our offering today. And we recognize that everything we have, every single thing we have, God gave it to us. And so we say, thank you, Lord, by giving our tithe and giving our offering and giving it back to him. We say thank you, so we give to the Lord. Now, I know how to praise the Lord, and I enjoy it. I enjoy praising God. I enjoy it in public right now. I enjoy it in private. I have some mighty good church services by myself. Sometimes driving down the road, I drove to western Pennsylvania this week, and I enjoyed six hours of driving there and six hours of driving home, and I always spend a good amount of time praising the Lord. Praising God, I, I, I'm getting sidetracked here. I want to preach all these things. Praising God activates God in your life. Uh, praising God activates God in your life. I know how to talk about the Lord. I know how to give God glory. I know how to sing to the Lord. I don't sing because I can. I sing because I have a song in my heart. I do. I don't need prompting to sing. I sing every day. I enjoy singing. I know how to give to the Lord. I don't know how to outgive the Lord, but I know how to give to the Lord. He's a good God. I'm grateful that my parents taught me how to give to the Lord when I was young. I'm grateful to watch you teach your children to give. I, I, I never intended for that church to stay in the building. Never intended for it to. Just the building program time. But it's been such a blessing to watch children give and to learn every service to give something to the Lord. And children, let me tell you something. You, you're not giving into, a, into a, a, a little building. You're giving to God. And when you give to God, you can guarantee God's going to bless your life. I believe that with all of my heart. Teach your children to give. A lady told me today, I have some joy money. I have some joy money to give for the Lord. God had blessed my life. And she said, I'm going to be a blessing. And what a joy it is. Isn't, isn't it a special joy to give? This church spends a lot of money, a lot of money, and I'm not complaining, I'm bragging if anything, spends a lot of money on the bus ministry, and young people, Christian education, sports programs, and the camp, 
and all programs for our church. And we spent a lot of money in helping and teaching and reaching young people. I, I enjoyed hearing today of five teenagers that trusted Christ today. They don't have any hope in this world. But they have a hope in Christ. And they have a hope in a church that loves them. And I'm grateful for the giving spirit of our church. I said a while ago our giving's been down just a tad. In August and September, it's, it's, it's not something that I worry about. I, I do pray about it. I pray every day for the finances. And I'm thankful for the faithful giving of the church. And I do all those things. But I came to the word magnify the Lord. And I got stumped. I didn't know how to do it. So I started thinking about how do I magnify the Lord? I'd seen it before in Psalm 34. I'd seen it many times. Memorized that passage of scripture. I've signed hundreds of Bibles across America. And every time I sign my name, I write down that scripture reference Psalm 34, 1 through 8. I love this passage of scripture. But as I was reading not only this verse, but other verses like it that says, Oh, magnify the Lord. I started thinking about how do I magnify something as big as God? How can I make God any bigger? How can I magnify a God as massive and great? And I could spend the next hour just telling you Bible verses of how big God is. You know God's so big, he holds the world in his hands. The heart of the kings in the hand of the Lord. The rivers, the oceans, the waters, the land masses, everything. It's not just a song. It's what the Bible says. He holds the whole world. That's a big God. Now, how do I magnify God? I got stumped. I thought, I thought, Lord, how do I magnify you? I've read that, and, and I said, well, maybe it means to glorify. And I looked up the word glorify, and I looked, looked up the word magnify. It's two different definitions. They're related, but it's different. All of them are related. Praise him, glorify him, sing to him, talk about him. They're all related, but I thought, Lord, how in the world do I magnify somebody as big as you are? How can a finite person, finite in every way, magnify something that is infinite in every way? I looked up the word definition of magnifying. It means to enlarge. It means to make great or larger. How can I do that? I want to because the Bible tells me to. The Bible tells me if he tells me to sing, I want to sing. If he tells me to praise him, I want to praise him. I want to know how to do what God tells me to do. And so I began a search. How do I praise? How, I'm sorry. How do I magnify? How do I enlarge something that is as big as God? I understood the references in the Bible when it says that God magnified Moses. You know what that means when God magnified Moses? It said the same thing about Joshua. It said he magnified Moses in the sight of the people. That means he made Moses appear bigger than he is in the sight of the people. And I tell preachers and I tell young preachers and I say it again tonight. Don't ever look at yourself through the magnifying glass. Look at yourself in the mirror of the word of God. You, you'll get filled with pride if you look at yourself through the magnifying glass. Let God take care of that. Let God magnify when he wants to. He'll exalt in due time. God does that. But I understood that when it said he magnified Moses. I understood that when it said that he magnified Joshua. Typically, we magnify something that is small so that it can be seen. When you magnify something, you usually use one of two instruments. You use a magnifying glass or you use a telescope. 
A magnifying glass is used, is used to magnify something that cannot be seen to the naked eye because it is small. God's not small, so I can't magnify. You can't put God under a microscope because God's too big. A telescope is used to magnify something that is afar off to bring it closer. The magnifying glass... The magnifying glass makes a small thing look bigger than it is. But the telescope makes a big thing begin to look as big as it really is. When David said, I will magnify God with thanksgiving, he doesn't mean that he will make a small God look bigger than he is. He means he will make a big God look as big as he is to others. We're not called to be microscopes. We're called to be telescopes. Now think about this. The moon is large. I started thinking about things that are big. The moon is large. And yet it's so far away. It's so far away. We use a telescope. We don't make it bigger, but the telescope reveals how big it is. It reveals the size of the moon. I looked at it and I, I, I did some research and found that the moon is as wide as the United States from the west coast to the east coast. The whole United States can fit on the moon. If you measure the moon's surface area, it could fit all of Europe, China, the United States, Brazil, and South Africa. Some of those I'd like to move there, but I can't. But anyway, all of those would fit. They would fit there. When we look at the moon through the telescope, we look at it because it's far away and we help it with the microscope, I'm sorry, with the telescope to appear as it is. Christians are not con men that magnify their product out of proportion when they know that the competitor's product is far superior. We're not con men who have to make God look bigger than he is we just tell the truth of how big and great and powerful and wonderful our God already is. The calling of those who love God is to make his greatness begin to look to others as great as it really is. Now don't miss this statement. The problem is that the problem is not that God is not big enough. The problem is that men are so far away from him and in so much darkness they can't see him. So it is my job to be this telescope for those that are so far from God. I'm not magnifying him to make him bigger. I want to be a telescope to show the world he's just as big as he said he is. I can magnify God because I can help others. I don't have to tell you and brag on God and try to build him up to be something that he isn't but as a telescope I can show you that he is a great, big, wonderful powerful, omnipotent omniscient, mighty God and it's my job, I get to be a telescope to the world to let them see how great God is take your Bibles and go to 1 Peter chapter 2 I'm more excited now about God than I am mad about gambling. 1 Peter, 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. 
1 Peter chapter 2, go to verse number 9. Now, I'm not a microscope. I'm not trying to make God appear bigger than he is. I'm a telescope to reveal to you just how big God is. And notice what he says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Here it is. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. When I was far from God, when I was in my darkness and blindness of sin, I couldn't see how big God was. But when I came to the light, I trusted him as Savior. I found out that God is just as big as the Bible declares that he is. My job now is to magnify the Lord, not to make him bigger or appear bigger than he is, but to reveal to others as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, to say to the world, he's a great big God and you ought to trust him. You ought to have faith in him. You ought to follow him as the ladies sang so well. He is a great big God. I'm not making him bigger than he is. I'm just telling you how big God is. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Boy, I get excited about this book. In fact, I, I made a statement oh, a few months ago. I made this statement. I was reading the Bible this morning. I found three mistakes. But I got on my knees and I confessed all three of them. And everything's been all right since. I never found a mistake in the Bible. I found a mistake in me. So I came to this instruction to magnify the Lord. And I said, now wait a minute. How can I make God big? Because he's already big. And this is what I found. And so now I want to, I, I, I can magnify him. I know how to magnify him. And I'm preaching to you. You not only can sing to him. You not only can talk about him. You can not only praise him. You can not only give to him. You can magnify him in your life this week by telling others he's just as big as the Bible says he is. Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse number 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Look at it. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what is the riches of his glory, of the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. You see how Paul builds all that up and the closer he gets to God, the bigger God is. You know one of the things that I noticed about the ark, I've been to the ark just one time. I'm not talking about the one in Exodus, I'm talking about the one up here in Hebron, uh, Kentucky. You know what I noticed about it? It was so big, it was a long ways up to the bottom of it. And, and, and when I saw it in the distance, it was big, but the closer I got to it, the bigger it was. Now, it didn't get bigger. I just recognized its bigness. 
You know what magnify means? I can't make God any bigger. He's already as big as the world. But the closer I get to him, the bigger he is. The closer I get you to come to him, the bigger he is. He is an amazing big God, and so I want to magnify him this week. I want to get close to him so I can see how big he is. I want you to come with me. I want you to see how big and great and wonderful and powerful and wonderful God is. He's a great, big, wonderful God. And the closer you get, he doesn't get bigger, but the bigger he gets to you. Notice what the Bible says in Ephesians 2, verse number 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You remember the story, the familiar story in 1 Samuel 17 when Goliath cursed the people of God. And he cursed the army of God and the God of the army. And David came down and you know the story David said, is there not a cause? Let, let me show you a verse here because what David did, 1 Samuel 17, uh, what David did, he magnified God. 1 Samuel 17, look at verse number 46. David is talking to the Philistine. Let's look at verse number 45. Now David's about to magnify God. Does that mean he's going to make him bigger? No, you can't make him bigger. But the closer you get to him, the bigger he is. So notice what David says. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth. Now here it is, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You know what he did? He magnified God on the battlefield. You know what you and I ought to do this week as we head out on the battlefield of life? We sang it a while ago. Once again, I faced Satan this morning. In fact, we sang that verse twice, or part of it. <laughs> and I battled him all the day long. But in my weakness, God sent reinforcement. And at sundown, I sang victory song. You know what we're going to do this week in our battles? We're going to magnify the Lord. I was talking to Brother Chenault early this morning. And he said, Preacher, one of the things that I think of all the time is about God being in control and the will of God. And my job is just to praise him through the day. Hey, he's a big God. Get close to him. If you get far from him, the largest of things. Uh, I've got a, a, a thing on my mirror. It says objects are, are, appear smaller than they are. You ever seen a mirror that has that written on the objects? They appear smaller than they are. Let me tell you something. God's bigger than you may think. And the closer you get to him, the bigger he is revealed to you. Go to Daniel. Let me show you this. Daniel. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel 3. Verse number 24.
Then Nebuchadnezzar the king, Daniel 3.24, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loosed. Not one of them is tied. I don't see three. I see four. You know what they did? Their faith in God magnified God to the king. Do you know the king didn't see God when they took a stand? The king got mad when they took a stand. You know, when the king told them to bow down to the image and they didn't bow, he said, I'll give them another chance. And if they don't bow down, we'll throw them into the fiery furnace. He did not see God then. But when they bound them and when they threw them into the fire because they would not bow and they were in the fiery furnace and the king looked to see that they were burnt and they were gone, he said, did we not throw three men bound into the fire? And lo, I see four and they're loose. You know what they did? Their faith in God magnified God. Did it make God bigger than it was? No, it brought God closer to the king than he'd ever seen. And he realized how great God is. That's my job this week is through the fire to magnify God. Here's another one right here in the book of Daniel. Uh, Go to the next chapter. Go to chapter 6. Go to chapter 6. Here's the story. Uh, Daniel's been told he's not allowed to pray anymore uh, in the name of God. If he prays, he has to pray to the king. But Daniel prayed as he did a four times, three times a day. He grew up praying three times a day. It didn't matter if he was in a foreign country. He still prayed three times a day. And you ought to do what you do in public. Uh, You ought to do what you did in private. If you're a faithful person of prayer in private, then you ought to bow your head and you ought to pray in public. That's what Daniel did. You know the story, the Bible says, we'll throw you into the lion's den. Look at verse number 18 and see how he magnified the Lord. Verse number 18, then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. (laughs) He didn't even get up for a midnight snack. Neither were instructions of music or instruments, instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him. Now this is the fellow that threw Daniel into the lion's den. Then the king arose very early in the morning. I wonder what time it was. Five o'clock? It may have been 4.15. He went in haste. He's in a hurry. Unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. (laughs) You know what he did? He magnified God to the king. Now, did he make God bigger? No, the king just never looked at him before. And when you take a look at God, he's just as big as the Bible says he is. May I say I want our church to show our state, to show the region of our country, to show our nation how big our God is. We want to magnify him to others. You don't have to put him under a microscope to try to find him. I remember in science class putting those things on those little 
pieces of glass and the science teacher telling us what all they were and you couldn't see them. Then you looked at them through a magnifying glass. You don't have to look at God through a magnifying glass. He's too big for a magnifying glass. Ah, but you can take a telescope and you can find and see as the moon, as the sun, as other planets, you can find they're large. And the closer you get to him, the greater he is and the mightier he is and the bigger he is. I want to say to us this week, let you and I get close to God and then turn around and say to others, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Look how big God is. Look how great God is. Magnify him in your life this week. Magnify him with your thanksgiving. Magnify God in our trials of life. Magnify God in our faith in him. Magnify the Lord in your daily living. Here's what the psalmist said. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. This passage of scripture became very dear to me during our dad's sickness and death. In times of great difficulty, he would say to me, son, read the Bible to me. And he always say, read Psalm 34. I read Psalm 34 again and again and again. August 27, 1985, fourth floor, St. Joseph Hospital. His soul left his body. And my mom stood on one side of the bed and I stood on the other and I said again, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And I know more now what it means. Even though I've said it again and again, I know more what it means. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Stand with me tonight. You won't need a magnifying glass this week. But he is so far from this world. You'll need to show them through the telescope. Then help them get close to a mighty, big, great God. Heavenly Father, thank you for being who you are and we praise you. We know how to praise, we know how to sing, we know how to talk, we know how to glorify, we know how to give. And now, now Lord, help us to know